Causing the Effect, a podcast focused on the exploration of your mind, body, and spirit. Heather. So I'm going to start you off here with an issue that I've been getting emails from, and I think people would like to hear about it. The resilient mindset. mindset. I know you you just did an episode on this for you um, and this journey you've been on. People who are stressed out, anxious, angry, all that stuff. What do you think are some of the key pieces to really create that resiliency in the mindset? Man, you know, I think the way I've learned it is by physical feats. And so since I was a very young girl, I've always been a runner. I just, bye mom, going to go for a jog, a run. And, you know, normally that was like five or six miles. That was, and I, now as an adult, I understand that was my way of a moving meditation. That's how I become present. But I have been able to persevere despite wanting to quit and give up because I train myself again physically, but I bring it into my everyday life. And so it is having affirmations, mantras, under, being able to what I call kind of tame that monkey mind because it's that internal dialogue, that negative feedback loop, the self-doubt, limiting beliefs that keep most people stuck and struggling But ultimately, you have to understand that you are not your thoughts. You have thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Yeah, making that this that that little insight was huge for me, just being able to say, you know, it's more evolutionary psychology, evolutionary science. Like this is the thoughts are made to just make you survive and just go forward and be able to live and live and live and just keep going. That's it. But as far as like fulfilling your desires and your true values, that's not really what the thoughts are there for. Now, what it sounds like you have your your active meditation of running. Do you do? I'm sure you have some sort of ritual in the morning or something that has kind of grounded you. Because for me, that creates my whole day. And if I get off to a bad start there, it oh. seems the whole day is tough. And for me, this is a Joe thing. We, we discussed this earlier. It's yeah. having that hour, hour and a half to myself um, to really be able to to kind of zone in on the day almost. A hundred percent. Who I am now. Versus even who I was before I quit corporate five years ago is totally different. I now come from a state of being proactive with my life. And that is taking care of you first thing in the morning versus how I used to wake up, hit the snooze button multiple times, procrastinating on the start of my day, rushing around, rushing to get to work. You know, that was my day. I was reactive. But now, because uh, we already touched on it, I listen to a Dr. Joe Dispenza meditation every morning and again before bed. So I bookend my day with meditation, getting really present. And then for me, I go to the gym. The gym is my, my time. It's my space. I like the physical movement. I like doing for me. And then I come home and, and I'm ready to start my day and, and serve and contribute the rest of the day. So me and you are like twins done with that. Cause th- that's, that's what changed my life was that hard. And again, a Joe thing, wake up three First, I want to train the mind, um, the mind and spirit, let's say meditation, some pranayama breath work hour, hour and a half. And then you move to the gym and it's funny. And you, I think you mentioned this before too. Like once you're, you would never think the path to spirituality in your mind is through fitness in the gym. For me, that was my kind of shtick. I was overweight, 250, 260 pounds. I had a relook at my life. And once I said, wow, you could really like, change the physical world what else is there 
to change. And yeah. that's what led me to Joe. And then all of a mm. sudden you change your mind, you change your thoughts mm. and, and you're here. Yeah. Like yeah. now you, you said you're in corporate. What was that? And everybody, I'm sorry. We didn't even do the intro YouTube. Thank you guys for watching. Um, this is Heather Hakes, mindset coach, author. We're talking habits today. We're talking perceptions. We're talking what's going on in reality. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, for your point, Heather, now the, um, that corporate, I'm still, I run a day job. I run an advisor from here in Manhattan, three, four days a week. It's good. It pays the bills, but you know, that concept of making money by myself is scary. And even for the ego of like, you know, I, I like being the finance guy and having money and given, given that, you know, that, that little pass, right. Cause the first thing within the first five seconds, I'm going to ask you is what do you do? How was that transference for you? And like, were you a fake it to you make it person? Or did you really believe the whole time? Like, I got this. I'm going to be able to create architect my own life. Fuck All life. right. Well, let's go down that rabbit hole. So, so I, I quit corporate five years ago, literally this month. So June of 2017, finally, I followed the intuitive nudge. So I really want to like hammer that down for people. We all have this internal guidance, this internal compass. Listen to it. Listen to those nudges, those feelings, those thoughts. But ultimately I did. I, I gave my notice. I had no plan. I had a lot, a lot of fear, right? Because we want um, stability. We want certainty. Tony Robbins talks about this. But ultimately I followed that nudge and I ended up with a six-figure payout, which I am not unique in this. I've heard this from many different people where right before they were going to quit give, given severance packages. But ultimately I quit. And because I, I got that cushion, it led me to honestly, where I'm at today, again, I had no plan, but I, I took some time off and I did some world travel and which led me to starting the podcast and writing my book and getting into coaching. But what I like to say is that entrepreneurship, at least in my experience has been personal development on steroids. I have had to face a lot of limiting beliefs, self-doubt, imposter syndrome. Who am I to do this? And then you like, I love the meme, the visual of entrepreneur life that we think it's going to be just this straight line upward movement. And it's actually like this crazy roller coaster of all these squiggly lines. Cause it's mm -hmm. like 9am. Yes, I can do it. And then by 2pm, what the hell am I doing? And so it's this constant ebb and flow. And that's why mindset is everything. Cause you've got to learn to control your mind rather than letting it control you. So what I really want to share for for, from that is when you have belief, when you have trust, and my word for this year is faith. When I have faith that I will always be taken care of, that I will be guided. And when I finally stepped into and demonstrate and implemented everything I teach, literally everything shifted. My financials went, I mean, I'm just in a really good space right now, but I, it took a lot of that, you know, building the mindset muscle and doing the work and being consistent, practicing what I preach to realize we are the creators of our reality. Exactly. Well said. And now the resiliency piece comes, comes into this conversation because when things are going well, it's easy. Everybody's, you know, you get the balls rolling. I can just keep, oh, I'm a man. What do you do? when that setback hits you in the face, when that failure, so to say, hits you? How do you, A, in total, get out of a negative mindset, but then B, how do you really be able to, to kind of dig yourself out of the hole and um, are able to kind of come back even stronger than ever? So depending on the situation, what the thought may be, number one, we know, and you've heard, whatever you resist persists. 
So I don't resist that bad feeling. I don't resist the fear. I don't resist the lack or the doubt or whatever. I feel it, but I don't get stuck in it. Mm. And I also took myself, this was quite a while ago, um, and it's been great for my clients, but I took myself through this writing exercise because one, I like to get it out of my head and onto pen and paper. And I kind of just went through, if you've ever heard of Byron Katie, and again, I was not familiar with her, the work, it's this four-step question pieces, but that's more or less what I walked myself through. And so when you're having these negative thoughts that are, you know, throwing you off track, I faced it and I was like, well, is this true? I can't make money doing this. Is that true? Cause I've made money doing it. And so it was, it's all about self-soothing. And so again, I feel it, but I don't get stuck in it. And then I'm at a space that I, I can become more observant and acknowledge the thought and let it go. Something I use, which is super simple, is to catch and replace, catch that negative thought. And you know, when it, you have a negative thought, cause it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. So catch that and replace it, catch and replace. It's this constant back and forth, you know? And are you, because this is more of a, a Buddhist thing, and I've heard people do this. Are you investigating this feeling? So let's say whatever it is. For me, it was stage fright. It was public speaking. That You have that anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Are you investigating? Are you sitting with this at all? Are you trying to move your way through it as quickly as possible? Because I've, I've just, this is something I've got stuck on more. I want to, again, I don't give, the more attention you give it, the more you're going to amplify. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more that, um, the process I, I use with my clients is to acknowledge and release. So I guess for me, it's, it's acknowledging, observing, feeling it, just like noticing it. And then I want to let it go. I don't want to sit in that space. Acceptance. It sounds like. Acknowledge. I reframe and I release. Reframe. Now with reframing comes this rewiring of the brain that everybody talks about. We've heard about this. Um, and this is something I'll be honest, I've gone back and forth of like, you know, you could change yourself totally. And like, if somebody asked you, can you completely change? Did you completely change who you are from who Heather was five years ago to now? Or is it more, you're still the same essence of Heather. You're just kind of a more optimized version. I'm a lighter Heather. I'm a happier Heather. I I call myself a recovering type A. (laughs) So I went from totally planned, very regimented, structured, um, you know, it had to be by the books to I'm more spontaneous. I'm trusting. I'm at ease. I'm in flow and life just feels a lot better. Now, this balance of doing Mm. and being, Mm. completing goals, but being present during them, being in the eternal moment, all this stuff, right? They kind of, it, it's, this is something I try to struggle with. And I've accepted that there's bad, you need balance, right? You can't keep looking to the future because then you're going to miss what's going on. How has that concept of the yin and yang affected your life? And is that a struggle that you had to kind of go with? Because as a type A, I would assume you were just a go, go, go style person. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. I didn't like downtime. I was always busy. And now I crave and love silence and sitting still. And, and I have, when I take my dog for a walk in the afternoon, I have this, what I call my meditation log. And sometimes I just sit there and I just listen to nature. 
and I, I think it is one, it's maturing, right? I mm-hmm. mean, who I was in my twenties versus who I am in my mid to late thirties. Yeah, it is. It's a life experience. And I just realized I didn't want that struggle anymore. I didn't want to be stressed out and trying to make things happen. Now, I do believe, yes, you have to take action, right? We, we all talk about this, but it's inspired. There's a difference between inspired action and being guided versus trying to make things happen, struggle and efforting, you know, like I like to debunk hustle and grind mentality. I am not in alignment with that at all. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I think I, I've seen, I, I'm like you, I was a type A, wake up three and just keep going. Just go until you can't no more. Now I look at it like, well, just, you have to really be, a, I think everything starts with awareness, awareness of yourself mm. to see mm. where you are. Cause some people, I would guess you were like me, where it was harder to take the foot off the gas and working on that and finding that stillness. Like you said, people are weirded out how much I like being alone. I just really enjoy sitting sitting by the water, like all these things you search. I've searched drugs, women, alcohol, sex, all that stuff. And nothing makes me happier than sitting by the water and reading a good book by William James or Carl Jung or something like that. Like finding, I think we're given our values by our parents, by culture, by society and being able to like truly find what's yours because everybody's values are different. That's the fun part of life. It's the meaning that you give it yourself. And, um, you know, I, I think for, for me, the issue has been, I would say I'm like Heather year three. I'm not on a five, six year. I'm, I'm like right early on this. It's been identifying the values and now really almost integrating the old self with the new self, cutting off the dead wood of the pieces that were dead, that don't belong here. And then embracing this new version of myself or the new, you know, whatever we got 6.0, whatever you want to call it. And being yeah. able to like sit and be like, okay, this is me. And I'm going to do this unapologetically. Like, I'm sure it was tough for you telling people, you know, you're going from a big job, corporate going, well, now I'm a coach and a mindset and people must look at you like, you know, cause that was that, you know, Italian kid from Brooklyn. That was, that's still what I deal with, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think for me, I use it more a metaphor of peeling back the layers, like think of an onion Good and onion. it's more like I I'm just removing all these masks and facades of who I portrayed myself to be that ego identity versus who I truly am at my core. And so when we can pull back all those it's, and I call it BS, our belief systems, you pull back all the false stuff. And look, I love Dr. Bruce Lipton because he talks so much about the biology of belief and he explains genetically and, and mentally neuroscience and all that. Yes, we are conditioned and programmed from third trimester of pregnancy up until age seven. We're just a sponge taking it all in. So depending on what you grew up around, if you currently are struggling with money, well, you have to understand that, oh, well, I grew up in a a household of, you know, my parents fought about money or we, we never had enough or living paycheck to paycheck. Or if you have issues in relationships, then, you know, again, what did you grow up around? Um, and then you, you now get to decide, this is what free will is, right? Now you get to decide, well, how do you want your life? What are your beliefs? What are your choices? What do you want to experience in this lifetime? Well said. Now, as far as like f- you mentioned, will freedom, what, is freedom to you? Because my version of freedom has been changing from freedom of choice to like, you know, all this, like what, what did freedom look like to you five years ago? And what does it look like to you today? Honestly, mine just comes down to time and financial freedom. I want to live life on my terms. I don't want to. And that's why 
even though there were times in these last five years when, again, the self-doubt and imposter syndrome, I, I looked at jobs, I applied to jobs because I was like, well, it would be easier, you know, wanting to fall back to what is known. But ultimately, it's just, um, I, I couldn't work for somebody else. I don't want a boss. I, I just, I want to be able to live the laptop lifestyle or, you know, um, take off on a Thursday to go play golf. That's freedom to me. Yes. And now if, if somebody's trying to do this, is this is, I get these emails every day, Heather, from these kids, okay. a, lot, a lot of young, I would say it's a lot of young, young men and women between that 2026. 20, Listen, I have a good job. I work nine to five. I make good money, yeah. but I want to be a potter. I want to be a pick your poison. I want to be a violinist and I just can't call myself to do it. And I tell them like, listen, guys, I still got the nine to five, just like I'm the boss. So I can kind of play it. But like, what would you say to that person? Like, where does it start? Does it start with your habits? Does it start with your beliefs? Um, do you just throw it? Should you quit the job and jump into the fire? Should you step your foot into like, you know, tiptoeing? Uh, how would you coach somebody like that? Well, gosh, there's so many ways to go about that. One, I love how Tony Robbins says, burn the fucking boats. Right. Stay down. I love that. Yeah. And I think here, not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but you asked. So those people seeking, wanting to do something else, mm -hmm. but fell into the quote, American dream. I simply woke up one day and realized that dream wasn't mine. And so I guess what I would offer, you know, if you want to start that side hustle, you know, people love that term, the side mm -hmm. hustle. Sure. Go ahead and, and start that and get going if you want, or be willing to go all in on that and maybe be doing something night and weekends just to keep yourself afloat. There are so many ways to go about it. So I just don't pigeonhole yourself to think I can only make money in a nine to five, or I can only make money, whatever it is, you know, like, and don't shame yourself. If you need to go get a part-time job working UPS nights, cause you'll get benefits and pay to float yourself. So you can do what you want nine to five, then go do that. But ultimately here's what I want to let people know. I want to, I love empowering people. And something I love, Neville Goddard. So if you want to talk manifesting, Neville teaches that, you know, vision boards are great because it gives people and I, it helps people really see it, it desires that they want. And I, mm -hmm. I just want you to know that you can have, be, and do whatever you want in this lifetime. But what Neville teaches is that you have to live from the end rather than thinking of your desire, you live from your desire. And so what I, I want to explain by that, let's say somebody wants to leave their nine to five and they really want to uh, become an author. Like that's just their dream. They love writing or a blogger or, or whatever. So what I would recommend somebody do is you have to use your five senses, put yourself into that end result right now that, you know, your dream life. So what time do you wake up? What do you do? You spend time writing. Are you, you know, where are you writing? Are you in the mountains? Are you at the beach? Are you in Italy? And just make, you have to see it and feel it as though it's so real. Like it's happening right here, right now. That's already your reality. Cause we could get into quantum physics and some Dr. Joe Dispenza stuff. Mm -hmm. But what happens is if you have that desire, you have to realize it's already a possibility. 
And your only job is to line up with it. And here's what I like to do because I'm very visual. If you think of life as like the quantum field, the infinite potentialities as an Excel spreadsheet. So what you want is already somewhere plotted on this Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. This desire of being an author, let's say it's on cell C7. It's already there. So all you have to do with it, but using your thoughts and your emotions and feelings combined together, connect with it. And that's what Neville Goddard teaches us living from the end. Because when you connect with it, you already feel as though, as if there's no separation, there's no wanting, you are it. And then that reality is drawn to you. Yes. And it's, this is, this started with Joe for me, because this is a similar Joe tactic, but you know where Joe got this from? This is a Tibetan uh, Buddhist method of enlightenment. So what mm. the, what the, um, the, the, the Tibetans would do is to get their form of enlightenment, they would imagine themselves in their enlightened form and they would sit <laughs> with themselves. And what you're doing is basically drawing that the, the, you're, you're putting yourself at the end of the finish line, like you said, and then you, it's kind of making paving the way. And then what you, um, where your focus goes, energy flows to throw a little Tony out there and then yeah. it'll, it'll come right to you. Now, as I'm assuming this is something you practice, I haven't gotten into this yet. Um, oh, this yeah. is what you've done. Is this part oh, of your morning? Yeah. Like, give me the breakdown of the morning ritual, Heather. Like, what does that look like well, step-by-step? Wait, before we go that. Yeah, so yeah. I love manifesting. And what I shared with you before we started recording, I was using some dispensa tactics before he even knew his, and his formula is very simple, clear intention, elevated emotion. You practice that in the meditative state and that you get the reality, but I have used this. We all are. Let me get clear on that. We are all manifesting every single day. It's just whether or not you're aware of it and manifesting simply means to like bring to fruition. Yes. So whether you're getting what you want or what you don't want, you're still creating that, but let's talk about the fun stuff. Right? So I, I remember this is back in 2018. I had, I've had a desire. I live in Denver, Colorado. I've had a desire to live in Southern California. That's just what I wanted. And so look, all I did was get the clear intention. This was before I need to spend it. I had a clear intention. I wanted to live in Southern California. That's it. I put it out there. I didn't soak in it. I didn't try to make it happen. I didn't figure out the how. And then quote out of the blue. One of my friends that I went through her uh, paddleboard yoga teacher training in Lake Tahoe reached out to me who um, had a paddleboard yoga company in San Diego for the summer of 18. She's like, Heather, I'm not going to be around. I'm going to be in Costa Rica. And I, you know, I can live from anywhere. She's like, do you want to come to San Diego and run my paddleboard yoga company for the summer? And I was like, what? Of course I do. So look, she reached out to me because I had that clear intention. And then I simply posted on Facebook. Does anyone know anyone in San Diego to help me with roommate and everything lined up? It was effortless. So I am telling you, you can do this time. I've done it tons of time with monies. I've done it with travel. I've done it with a lot of things. I currently have a block around dating and relationships, and that's my own thing. And I, you know, I think we're programmed in this time space reality currently that everybody's on dating apps. And I just think the swipe game sucks. So I am, I'm in this tug of war of wanting to be surprised by the universe and how it happens, how I meet this guy versus, you know, that still kind of ego control wanting to make it happen. And so it's this fine dance and I go ahead. Uh, no, no. Everything you're saying is me. 
like my main spot to move to is San Diego. And then that's everybody knows who listens. That's my weakness relationships and women. I don't get it. And it's like, we could talk about this. It's hard. It's hard. I feel like when you're in this space to get somebody on the same level, at least I, not that. And, and in Brooklyn, in my world, it's just a certain type of person. I don't think we're, we were not meant to go here, people, but we're going here. It's just, we're mad. We manifested. Yeah. like it, it's been something of a that's been a block for me in, in the sense of like it's easy to find a woman, but it's hard to find that real deep connection. I was like thinking, like, do I have to find a girl who's like manifesting and doing all this stuff as well? Or is it like somebody who's just going to accept you more? Because, you know, you get that weird that we're looking the bar. I feel like I said hard. Like, what are you reading nowadays? It used to be like, are you hot now? It's like, well, what are you reading? What are you into? What are your, what are your goals? What are your hopes? What are your yeah. dreams? Um, you know, it gets it gets iffy. I think. Okay. So then we're similar, but again, you have a belief that it's hard or that you won't find somebody on the same. And look, all I did, I literally did this last week. Again, I got clear on, on the list, but my list has nothing to do with physical features or how much you make. None of that shit. My list is, uh, like vibrational energy match, Mm -hmm. open-minded into personal development. So I don't, I don't want a mere replica of me. But I don't want somebody that I have to quote coach or train or not on the same path. So I want somebody mm-hmm. that emotionally intelligent um, is growing and evolving, has that growth mindset. And look, there, the personal development industry is a billion dollar empire. So why would we be having that lack mentality that uh, I don't know if I'll meet somebody on the same wavelength as me? Mm-hmm. That's a belief. And so you get to, you get to change that. And look, even Denver used to be called a menver. And I remember when I first moved back in 07, the, the men to women ratio was phenomenal, but now dating and I'm 37 dating at this age, it's like, Oh, everybody's divorced or has kids or emotional baggage. Look, that is a story. Rewrite your story. So what I would offer you is after our, our call is to write down and, and write it out what she looks like and and what you guys do together and the companionship again, a Neville Goddard living from the end. And so I do imagine that the travels we go on, the dinners we're having, the things we do, and then let the universe surprise you Mm. get out of your own way. Yeah. Right. This is that first step that, that you said you were doing and what Joe's doing is clearing. Just really, it's it's not about adding pieces to it. It's more about just getting getting the baggage out, and then being more open. And then you, so you're, you're in a very simple sense. I know we're making it sound easy. Clearing out everything, then you add a little manifesting to give yourself the the, the seek what you want, and then that sh- should be it. But I'm sure you know there's there's more to this than that. Yeah. Um, if I summed it up, something I I teach is pull the weeds, plant new seeds. Mm. There we go. That's it. Cool. Now tell yeah. me about where'd you get the name mind over matter? That's the name of um, Heather's podcast. Um, you can find that in the notes below all that good stuff. Where did that come from? And, and what gave you this kind of urge to, to create it? When I first started podcasting, um, that was in December of 17. So like four and a half years ago, my podcast was called living a balanced life. And you know, again, this is learning. It's all about learning. So those first two years or so, it was more like just a personal development platform. I was talking all things, personal development, just throwing shit at the wall. 
And then I realized, no, 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 no. My target, what I love talking about is mindset and manifesting. Mm. That is what I hone in. And that is what I talk about. And that's what I interview guests on. It is all about mindset and manifesting. And so it just kind of evolved into, oh, this is about mind over matter. This is about creating your reality and understanding you have the power to do so. And for me, it's such a pleasure just getting to talk to any, A, you're meeting a person that you'd never meet before. We never were connected if it wasn't for a podcast. And B, it's kind of like I'm getting a teaching from somebody or you, yeah. you get a little insight every, with every episode. And then as you move through it, you end up becoming like another more optimized version of yourself. It's like adding on to the piece of what we're trying to do anyway. Um, I think that's why so many coaches and, and authors and people who are trying to grow or focus in the mind love doing this because like this is the highest value of the day is me and Heather locked in for two hours. We're going to rock and roll. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Now for you, what has been the biggest struggle? Um, you could, we could, it could be a co in the last couple of years, COVID is society. Um, for me, it's been the going back into, into the office and kind of going and we, cause COVID was so good to me. Um, really got calm, <laughs> a lot of meditating, a yeah. lot of, a lot of work on myself. And then you get thrown back into the world. Oh God got to take a train into Manhattan, all this stuff. What has been that biggest struggle for you and how are you, or how did you handle it? I remember when it started. So, you know, spring of 20, when that all happened and I was doing Facebook lives for other people's audiences and platforms and entrepreneurs, all I said was, thank God I've had as many years of personal development as I had, especially my Tony Robbins days. And the biggest thing is now, then, and now is you have to focus on the controllables. What can you control? And in, no matter what scenario, what situation, the only thing you can control is you. And I, my kind of what I touched on earlier, the biggest thing I've had to overcome these, um, I'd say more like the past two years, max more. So the last year is that self-doubt because I have that desire and urge to impact and inspire and empower. And if I'm playing small, not believing in myself, I can't do that thing that is my driver. So it really was overcoming that so I can step into my full potential and make the impact that I want. And here's the thing about COVID. And you know, now, now they're, the fear mongering is a, another recession. And mm -hmm. there are people that excel in every economy. So uh, again, just focus on the controllables. That's you. Adapt and innovate, adapt and innovate. So to the key to, to you overcoming that self-doubt was really focusing on the things that you could focus on. Yeah. And building confidence. I had to, I had to build confidence. And again, that was the physical feats. I, I say a lot of affirmations and mantras in it. Like while moving, I, I recently, have you heard of David Goggins four by four by 48 challenge? Of course, the mental toughness challenge. Oh yeah. So here's what I love about Goggins. I think he's way too extreme for me, but what I respect about that man is he has accomplished a lot and has a mindset of steel. Love that about him. I don't like the masochism side of it, yeah. but the four by four by 48 challenge, I did it. And it was a little humbling because I was like, how hard could it be running four miles every four, four hours? hours for 48 hours? Right. Everybody well, listening, it's you have to run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. right? Yes. So I started on a Friday night at 6 p.m. So 6 p.m., 10 p.m., 2 a.m. When I had to get up for that 2 a.m. at 145, my alarm. So first of all, you don't have a four hour gap between you have however long it takes you to run or complete the four miles 
plus prep before and after eating, napping, whatever. So you're sleep deprived. Anyway, when my alarm went off at 1.45 for that 2 a.m. run, I, I was like in this mental fog. What? Where am I? What am I doing? What? What? And thank heavens, accountability is huge. I had posted on Facebook that I was doing the challenge because I'm telling you, had I not publicly announced I was doing it, I 100% would have shut off my alarm and gone back to bed and been like, that was fun. (laughs) But it was that four by four by four to eight challenge, the resilience, persistence, the struggle, the elements. I had heat. I had wind. I had hills. I but it was realizing that was such a metaphor for life and conquering that getting through that was just, again, building the mindset muscle and realizing I can literally do anything that I put my mind to and that I go all in on. And it's, I think there's something to be said about suffering, putting yourself through, not to, to Goggins's level. He's a he's shot running, doing all those marathons with the, the, broken foot and stuff, but there's something with, but but a healthy dose of suffering, even for the, I mean, that sounds like you put yourself that I would say that that was probably one of of your most suffering States in the last couple of years. Would you agree? The four by four by 48. Yeah. I don't know. I think honestly, I don't like even like that word suffering because when I did ayahuasca, the message that came to me is that all struggling is self-imposed. And now I've experienced and we all have all suffering, all struggle stems from thought. So I would almost think those physical feats, because it was short, right? It was only a 48 hour period. I would think I've actually had more quote suffering or struggling by being stuck in that monkey mind, by believing my thoughts, by those months that I spent questioning if I could do this and applying to jobs was much more of a suffering and struggle than Four to eight hour challenge. Wow. How was, um, where did you take the ayahuasca trip? Was it in America or? Yeah, actually here in Colorado. So there's a Colombian tribe that comes to California and Colorado a couple times a year. A buddy of mine had done it in Estes Park. And so I ended up doing it through them. And I just did two nights. So that was plenty for me. And, you know, I think a lot of people chase those highs. The ex- I did it for, I just wanted to experience what was ayahuasca all about. Uh, And it's different for everyone, depending on your experiences and your amount of surrender to let go and, and, and not trying to make something happen. But um, yeah, I did it here in Colorado. Very cool. Yeah. Colorado. When I went, um, it was like, well, just going, driving through, seeing all these wellness centers and people into their mind. I was like, holy crap, like this is, this is the place to be. Um, And the fact you're a little ayahuasca, like I, I try to teach. Um, people that you have to treat drugs like at least the drugs that you want to, if you listen on Damali, have fun, go do whatever you want. But the drugs that that you're trying to kind of get more consciousness or awareness, treat like medicine. You really have to, it's not a, it's not a diet where you're mm-hmm. trying to, to do this for, for it's, it's just medicine. Use it when you need it. Um, for me, I've had experience. Ayahuasca is phenomenal. Cambo mushrooms, whatever, take your pick. But when you use things the right way, you don't get it. Like, it sounds like you just had, oh, I just want to try it. And then had a little breakthrough, probably a little shift yeah. in perspective. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Now my, my last question to you is what is, this is going to be regarding perspective. If you could tell the audience one piece of advice or something that really changed your perspective on life and for them to get going and start reaching towards those goals, what would that be? I live from a state of curiosity. Hmm. And I think being curious 
is key because I'm open-minded. I, I question things. I listen to other perspectives. I take in, all right, well, that worked for them. How could it work for me? I tweak it for myself. But ultimately, our life is via our perspective. It's the lens that we see it through. And so if you live in a very limited viewpoint, believing everything we've been conditioned and taught, which is a fraction of what's truly possible, well, that will be your experience. But if you live from a state of curiosity, open-minded, trying new things, evolving and growing, that will be a whole nother experience. Curiosity. That's such a, uh, my big, I, I do the opposite. I come from judgment, which is just the worst. So I'm trying to change that. <sighs> curiosity is the, the cousin that I'm going to, I'm going to write this down with my, with my future wife and my house in San Diego, curiosity, because that's going to be the next thing. Um, to manifest Heather. This was awesome. Thank you so much um, for your time. Everybody, please check out Mind Over Matter. It's in the notes below. Everybody watching on YouTube, thank you guys so much. Smash the like button, subscribe, leave a review if you're listening. That's it, Heather. Anything else? You all good? I, it was great. Thanks for having me. No problem. As always, stay safe, stay positive, stay blessed. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.